The Koi Gig Pod has made a new signing. Your goalkeeping coach is your god. Emma Byrne is joining Kathleen and Karen this season. Keep up to date with all the WSL action every Tuesday and subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Wednesday Night Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Now then, you're welcome along. Andy Dunn is here in the studio. You're very welcome. Hello. Thanks, Joe. It's just you. You were uh, thrilled you don't have to wear headphones. All yeah. you this evening. Yeah, I must have a funny shaped earlobe, I think, because every time I've, over the years, I've sat here, they always pop out on that right side, which is a bit disconcerting. But You and Kenny Cunningham are the worst. The worst shaped ears for headphones of any <laughs> of the guests. Well, well, I have a rugby excuse. I don't know what Kenny's is. I don't know. Uh, well, uh, regardless, you're very welcome. So uh, much to discuss. Are you um, on a, in a in a broad kind of a way excited for the return of the normal rhythms of URC rugby uh, this side of uh, the world or no? Uh, no, I <laughs> I've, I've got a bit of um, underlying uh, URC kind of petulance over the years. I, like whatever whatever iteration that tournament has taken on over the years, and there have been many. Yeah. It, it's not. It's never been one that has excited me, to be honest. Um, but uh, allowing for that, if I can just say, look, looking at the games over the weekend, there were loads of interesting moments, and so I just got over myself a bit. Said, well, let's just look <laughs> okay. at it, you know, and take the rugby uh, and and look at that side of it. But yeah. We'll come to your thoughts on the opening weekend in due course. So uh, there have been mumblings about this for quite some time. And it's interesting that Jerry Thornley on the Irish Times has gone with the lead story in their sports section that Stuart Lancaster's move to Racing 92 at the end of this season. So it's not this season, at the end of this season uh, could be finalised by the end of this week. He writes that Leinster's senior coach is set to have a video meeting over the weekend with the Parisian club's benefactor, come president Jackie Lorenzetti and the current head coach, uh, Lauren Travers, so they're going to have that meeting over the weekend. And French sources have told the Irish Times Lancaster's departure to Racing 92 now looks all but certain. All that remains is for Lancaster and the Racing hierarchy to agree on his exact role at the club. Uh, he goes on to talk about the various options uh, there, but either way, he writes, Lancaster is in line to become Racing's new head coach or adopt a senior coach role akin to his existing remit with Leinster in time for the twenty. 23-24 seasons so I think um, the inevitable is nearing yeah well now yeah, it's, <laughs> um, it's been there since 2016 yeah seven years he's um, I think made a huge impact I think that's an obvious statement I <clears throat> when he joined I, he's, he's often told this I think compelling story about how difficult the come down and, and the fallout was from the 2015 World Cup with England and um, <clears throat> he had spoken to the rugby league great Wayne Bennett who has said whatever job you go for next make sure you're absolutely feeling that it's the right call in your gut and make sure that the club who come looking for you really really want you and, and you're going to want that perfect match and he was very honest and, and transparent about Leinster. He said that's exactly what happened. I think when he met the probably Mick Dawson back then, some of the senior players, he got a sense that they really wanted him. 
he probably was in a place where he probably felt unwanted as a coach and then his gut probably was saying look this is a really talented bunch of people that are not actually performing that well at that stage when he came into Leinster they had a pretty rough season and he did turn it around with Leo I think Leo always needs to be applauded for the fact as as a head coach brought in someone with more experience considered probably a senior um, senior in experience <clears throat> and I think Leo always needs to be applauded for that and that dynamic the two of them were brilliant because no one fought for power openly there there was no issue both of them just worked alongside each other very often coaching uh, duos don't work <laughs> you know Julio and Roy Evans I remember back in the Liverpool days and they just don't tend to work all that much but this one seemed to work seamlessly and that, that speaks volumes for the, the lack of ego on both men and I think that lack of ego that Lancaster has is a massive strength as opposed to any kind of a weakness he's yeah. a brilliant leader the way he's, he's brought intensity to Leinster's game humility to Leinster's game consistency I think ultimately if he looks if he does go next week or whenever it's confirmed next year, next year sorry but I think to be confirmed maybe yeah. next week uh, if he does go if he doesn't get something this year in terms of Europe he'll probably leave um, with a hint of frustration given that you know he could have had three or four with Leo and currently they've only got one so but yeah it's it's an interesting role I wonder does he feel the same now after seven years Rassing is the right move now for him they want him maybe he wants a change mm. um, so yeah interesting a week is a long time in sport isn't it it sure is and it's going to be a very significant summer for Leinster and they have a year to get their heads around it but in Mick Dawson Lancaster and Sexton you're losing a pretty important trio from various uh, yeah, levels of the yeah. organisation I mean that's, that's like we're starting yeah. over kind of territory yeah fair point I mean they've also and uh, even from the coaching team Contrapone uh, Felipe's gone back down to Argentina Limi's gone back to Munster um, with all that insider info yes yeah, absolutely I think nine nine players and there's always turnover players at the end of the year but nine kind of formerly front line players in the last year or so would have, would have left contractually but that's probably a bit more normal in, in squad transitions year to year but that it's it's definitely now an environment with a bit more it's a bit more unstable mm. and that's going to be a challenge and they, they actually at 20 I think 21 points after 24 minutes against Ebre I th- I think a little bit of arrogance kept crept in If they're not an arrogant group but a little bit of well here we are again it's the URC you're just a point a minute and then they switched off and Zebra actually were excellent so I no doubt they'll get their arses kicked for that uh, in videos and probably switch right back into gear. But interesting times for them and not as stable and uh, as they would like, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Don't know who. Well, who's going to replace them then? You should interview you because I mean you're in my head here. I was going to ask in the world of football, when a vacancy like this comes up at a big team, it's so high profile across the board that instantly there would be five or six very well known names that all of us looking on would have an opinion on linked with the job Sven Goran Eriksson well there was a Leinster time job. he was generally linked yeah. <laughs> generally linked with every job ever Whereas you think, you think with rugby and even you take Leinster uh, Joe Schmidt fairly under the radar Cheka came in you wouldn't have had you know the, the populace of Leinster saying we've got to get Cheka in you know so I that landscape I don't know who, who is the cutting edge coach that would jump to your mind or, or do you even know 
Oh, yeah, I'm... No, I don't. I can't... Like, Leinster have always seemed to make brilliant decisions from relative obscurity if we exclude Lancaster. And Matt O'Connor. Matt O'Connor was, you know, uh, there was... Now, they made wrong ones. I think people would admit Mark uh, Ella... I'm sorry, not Mark Ella. uh, Gary Ella was probably a mistake. I think Declan Kidney didn't fit. A bit like Benitez going to Everton, maybe. Mm. But... um, Cech and Schmidt are inspired. Cech and Schmidt yeah. were inspired moves. I think O'Connor was a was a good move, but probably didn't work <clears throat> on the back of Schmidt. His style was too different, and players looked at him as too too liberal, actually. But um, <clears throat> they've made some good calls over the years. I think it'll probably. I don't think there's an obvious successor out there, to be honest, um, that I can think of. So they may move left field again. They may get someone slightly under the radar from yeah. NPC or Australia and they may go homegrown I can't think of any uh, ready made homegrown I mean, Mikey Prendergast I think has great potential as a coach but he's obviously he's gone home to Munster um, he's, he's he to me I just know him from his All-Ireland League days we had I was a coach in Old Bevo he was young Munster and we had some great yeah. battles but he, he's technically and tactically excellent and then has gone away and learnt in really challenging environments I think he'll make a big impact in Munster but I don't know if he's got the seniority yet to be considered as a head coach there nor obviously in Leinster but in terms of up and coming coaches he's he's one to watch It's hard to know and I guess the World Cup might complicate things slightly there might be a lot of turnover there will be a lot of turnover there so Well I think it's fair to say he will if he's going he's going to leave a significant hole Hmm. there in terms of what his influence is in the group Eddie Jones can we get Eddie Jones in post World Cup shake things up worked the last time Eddie (laughs) (laughs) English head coach post World Cup in you come Gregor Townsend who know that guy yeah you see there's humility required to do the Lancaster role under a Cullen so it's quite a specific yeah and I would have thought Leo will stay in situ as well so right you'll need someone to work with him uh, anything else from the uh, Zebra Parma game that you want to mention or struck you before we move on to some other topics given that we started on Leinster um, I, I suppose no there was just a, a, a little shift in mindset and concentration levels that dropped there a little bit of excellence as well kind of smatterings of excellence from, from Parma I don't know take away from that they were quite quite creative um, nice skillful creative tries two from straight from set piece so you can a- a hand it to them for that um, just a kind of a loose start from Leinster but no I, I think rather an insignificant yeah. game overall yeah so the uh, Toyota challenge is not quite capturing the imagination <laughs> How do I feel about that? If I've already <laughs> vented about the URC, the Toyota Challenge is next. Yeah. So this is Emerging Ireland and Simon Easterby is going to be in charge. Andy Farrell is staying, as we know. Paul O'Connell, Mike Cat, and John Fogarty will all travel. I'm sure people have seen the squad at this stage. It's been out for the last couple of weeks. But four players who are going have been capped at test level already. So Robert Balakoon, Caelan Blade, Max Deegan and Shane Daly. And then you also have Kieran Frawley, Joe McCarthy, Keen Prendergast, who played against the Maori All Blacks. And you have, I think, eight players from the under-20s Grand Slam winning team mm. of 19. So uh, they're playing the Pumas, they're playing the Greekas, they're playing the Cheetahs. I don't think it'll be on Irish uh, television. It's true, we just chat, well, well, we talk about uh, Andy this evening, and it struck us that uh, you've played on these um, 
Irish teams away from test level. So there are Ireland A Wolfhounds teams, mm. names interchangeable, and then the emerging Ireland is, I guess, third in line, only created in 2013. It's a relatively new phenomenon, the emerging Ireland team uh, finished uh, second, not that I need to remind you, at the Tbilisi Cup in 2013. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, Dan McFarland coached the Emerging Ireland team to victory at the 2014 Nations Cup, where, worth mentioning, Andrew Conway was a standout player. Mm. And uh, Ireland, Emerging Ireland, won the 2015 Tbilisi Cup, but haven't played since. So if you're trying to think, you're Emerging Ireland, they haven't played in mm. seven years. So this is the first uh, tour. Uh, you've played for Ireland A. I've pl- played many a Tbilisi and Toyota Cup kind of type thing. Yeah. Never got the real deal, but I got plenty of those ones. Well, that's the kind of what I wanted to talk to you about because I don't think I've ever done a piece in all the Monday and Wednesday night rugby's where I've talked <coughs> talked to someone who was off Broadway playing these Ireland A type games. Yeah, so I, I've no sense of really what they're like. Is it all about winning, or is it just about each man for themselves? I'm on trial here. I need to play well and you know put my best foot forward. Or the general atmosphere. How many of them have you played in? Oh no! I've, in reality, probably seven, eight times, maybe. They weren't. They were just. They were just routine A, a fixtures the night before the Six Nations yeah. back in the day. They weren't Toyota Cups or Tbilisi Cups and so on. There was a Churchill Cup, I think, that was introduced at some stage in the summer tours. They are. Um, they're just a mishmash of talent at different stages in careers. There's people who are put in to plug a gap who's maybe got a bit of experience there's a young pretender or two coming up that the senior team are genuinely looking at there's probably a few combinations in terms of you know one or two players are picked to play together specifically so it's a real mishmash and it it tends to play out like that um one one i think example maybe that springs to mind it probably be around i'm guessing 2008 hazy on in my memory but we played set we lost 76-6 to Scotland you lost 67-7 there we go I feel better <laughs> um yeah a little better we I think we I think we probably went 6-0 up it was one of those ones but the following week or whatever two weeks later we went to Welford Road and almost beat England this, you know roughly the same group of players we had I think the England game now they made a few changes the England starting back line against England was Chris Keane and myself Sh- Shane Horgan at 12 Tommy Bow at 13 Jordan Murphy at fullback Luke Fitzgerald on the left wing and possibly Keith Earls on the right wing Oh that's strong So that was a that was a strong A team Because the scoreline I have from that game against the Saxons doesn't suggest you nearly beat them it was I think they got a late try or something like a very late try but it was close it was, it was a close e- game England, 30, score? England 31 Ireland 13 mm. well maybe uh, I've rose tinted glasses somewhat it's better than 67-6 maybe you scored the first two tries then. no I think I, I don't, my memory of that was actually a reasonably good game yeah my other memory was Chris Keane playing at nine we were in school together for six years mm. and never started a game of rugby together it was the first game of rugby we started together was in Welford Road as a nine and ten yeah. Ireland day against England day and so is it <clears> similar preparation to what the test team would be doing. You're all, you're together all week. Yeah, you're, yeah. We were brought in, and you know, you're brought in around Tuesday, Wednesday. You're staying in the hotel. You're doing multiple sessions, a bit of video. Um, yeah, they try and certainly mimic 
what the senior team does where it's, it's clearly lacking in the same intensity and, and focus I would say yeah, because yeah. players are there on different agendas but I, but I presume yeah well the different agendas is key so look the older players aren't going to be nervous whereas yeah. the younger types it's the biggest week of their life yeah that's a, that's a weird atmosphere yeah I mean it's a nice atmosphere is it okay. yeah I always thought it was a nice atmosphere but um, more relaxed than you suspect yeah, a little bit more relaxed yeah test overall Hotels. yeah but not quite barbarians <laughs> no well the night after we lost 67-6 Scotland Frankie Sheehan um, just suggested there's only one way we can deal with this is drown our <laughs> sorrows and we'd one of the all time great piss ups you okay. know drown our sorrows what can you do 67-6 is absolute shame to Scotland and shame on us and we could have gone home and stewed in the room and Frankie was an elder statesman and said come on let's just get on it yeah and like it, <clears throat> is the atmosphere like it's all about winning like the dressing room pre-game we've got to win this we've got to win this or are the coaches even almost taking the attitude of well young Keith Earls go out and do your best this isn't the be all and end all or that atmosphere in the build up to a game is that can't feel it's, it's, quite like a cup final it's very no, it's very diluted in reality because whatever the coach says everyone knows the result doesn't matter honestly I okay. think I don't you're not not particularly playing for a tournament and a fella who plays well is go- and loses in an Ireland Day game comes off the pitch delighted like, <laughs> yeah. that much there's no guy who plays well in an Ireland Day game regardless of result comes off gutted about it okay. so like, that's probably an insight yeah it's not a surprising one to hear no, but no yeah it is th- it's that weird space you're yeah, you're, yeah. you're so close yeah. to so close but so far the ultimate limelight you know yes, yes. And like, don't remind me well no no, no. This, <laughs> You, you've achieved more than 99.9% when it comes to uh, sports so uh, I'll remind away so like uh, and there's never fallout as in the media on a Monday aren't saying well Ireland they were bloody terrible none of it just disappears into the ether yeah, I feel I think yeah it does probably rightly so I don't think it overly it's only merits that it's it's really about game time for players mm. and you know you're, you're you are thrown together so it can be of use for the head coach of the senior team in maybe one or two scenarios each each time it happens yeah. and that's about it I would say well I guess the Keith Earls example you mentioned in OA a year later he's in a Lions tour yeah yeah that's pretty meteoric yeah was that obvious when you not you're in the 67-6 game no. <laughs> fair enough yeah nobody walked off happy that no, night okay no. Uh, so this uh, 2022 version, which is emerging Ireland, so it's yeah. another step back. It's like a, I guess, the third team created in 2013. The sense is that all the head coaches at provincial level are just disgusted with this whole thing, that they're mm. losing players and it's mm. uh, just a giant pain. Um, what about the players going? How do you think they um, they see this? <clears throat> I'd say that the, the, the mood in each provincial camp is very... Uh, it would be palpable to the players. I'm sure there's frustration there from each provincial management. And I would have thought then the players who are going are a little um, quiet about it. I mean, they're going to do a job, but they're probably realising. I'll give you an example. I think, like, if you look at the front five who are going, they're they're not the next in line. They're the next in line for the next in line, probably for the next in line. They're probably third or fourth down. Um, Keenan Knox, Jack Anger are kind of next in line. They're not going on the tour. Yeah. So if it's an emerging or Ireland A type tour, 
they should be going because they're next in line but they're not going and I would imagine the provincial coach has said you are not taking these players off us because we're going to South Africa this week and we're not getting hammered in the scrum so you can have X, Y and Z but you can't have A and B mm. and so that puts question marks over the the idea overall if I'm being a real conspiracy theorist what I actually think the entire thing is about is giving Kieran Frawley three games in a row at out half I may well be proven wrong but it looks to me like it's such a mishmash of players again at different levels yeah Kieran Frawley's going yes he is someone I believe they are really seriously looking at and I think they're saying go down to South Africa with a group of adults kids um mixed abilities into a tough environment and manage it that's what they're saying to him and let's see how you get on because that is a difficult thing to do for anyone and I think that this kind of executive decision making that Sexton has that pervades the entire group and gives the group confidence is something they are scared to lose through injury or uh, well through injury yeah it's not going to be loss of form but so they need a very kind of they need an executive decision maker who can manage on the field who can be demonstrative who can be loud vocal give direction give reassurance and so send them down to South Africa with a motley crew and say manage it and that's my conspiracy theory no it's interesting well look in the because there's too many guys there who aren't there's not a chance they're going to feature in the the World World Cup no no chance the statement talked about this is crucial for the World Cup preparation yeah that's that's the PR and comms line it's clearly not the truth so what else is going on why would Farrell and the team take on an additional you know there's a lot of management to that there's admin there's risk of injury there's risk of you know, ra- incurring the wrath of every provincial coach. Mm. Why do it? I think they're actually looking at and say we, we we actually don't have a great backup plan for Johnny, and we need it. And he's not going to get a whole lot of game time in Leinster. And that's what I think. And in the company of that, and I mo- like it. Motley Crew is way. do you? Yeah, as you describe them, that Motley Crew, he will be akin to Johnny Sexton's status in that company. Yeah. he will be. We well, have to. We literally have to talk the talk. Um, I but I like the idea because I think he's got something in him that can he can actually do that next step I really he's kind of come out of the shadows I suppose there's been Jack Carty 2019 there's been Carberry there's obviously Carberry's had such disruptions through injury but he's also come in and done really well a couple of clutch kick place kicking moments from but I think Joey has fallen fallen foul of the influence of really strong characters but very different views of the game if you look at Larkham's views they're going to be different to Schmidt's views they're going to be different to Lancaster and Cullen's views he's had all these really strong opinionated characters talking to him about how to run and manage a game and all of a sudden he's a little lost I saw him play All-Ireland League Rugby admittedly at a lower level he was just sensational and he was his own player. He didn't look like Johnny Sexton. He didn't look like an imitation of anyone. In his first game for Leinster in the Heineken Cup, he played 10 against Montpellier and he beat 11 defenders in the first half. I covered that game for News Talk. He was phenomenal. Somewhere in that time, 
I think incorrectly Leinster developed the idea that he wasn't a 10 started pushing him to full back and they thought he wasn't a 10 because he wasn't like Johnny enough so he probably lost confidence he probably started to change his natural game then he gets influenced by Larkham God knows who else strong characters now I watch him and he catches the ball he runs sideways he does this kind of passive distribution that's not his, his game he, is, he has improved his kicking game immensely he's been unlucky with injury and I'm kind of not sure if I'm saying right he's definitely the number two anymore when I look at Frawley I see a different traje- trajectory all of a sudden I'm looking at a fellow who looks really confident really capable and I think has a real outside chance of, of uh, jumping the queue mm. yeah and yet he's stuck playing 12 if he's lucky for Leinster mm. interesting with um, Di Young um for Cardiff on, on the weekend and Liam Williams has obviously just first debut for Cardiff yeah. such a super player and, and I think dislocated the shoulder out four months Di Young's interviewed afterwards and he, he said he's already had a phone call from uh, Wayne Pivak saying will you put Josh Adams in full back and he's saying publicly yes I will mm. I'll help you and I'll put him in so they're looking at the World Cup very clearly and he's saying as a coach of Cardiff I'm going to change things around in order to help Wales. Um, I'm not so sure you're going to see Frawley getting all the game time. They would, The Irish lads would like it. What's, what's your sense of the relationship between <coughs> Leinster HQ and the RFU? Because they weren't happy with the Carberry situation. Weren't no, happy to lose no, Carberry. And I wonder weren't. if they're now thinking, well, hang on, we'll suit ourselves. And uh, they, there's almost a degree of digging in on the fraud. Yeah, situation. but they're all, they're a combative people. Anyone who gets to that level is, you know, they, no matter how nice they seem on the surface, they're spiky underneath and they've long memories, all of them. So there's an element to that, but there's also the, the new element. Of it. So I know, like, Schmidt, for example, was the Leinster coach, had had a spiky relationship with the IRFU, went, went jumped over the wall and was equally dismissive of Leinster as the Irish coach and they said you can't be serious this guy can't be you know doing this to us he's been on the receiving end for four years and now he's doing but the Irish coach is the key job you've also got I think Farrell has a, a seems to have a, a quite a talent for impressing people getting what he wants um, in a nice way which again is, is vital in that role but I definitely think the, the, the emerging tour has probably poked a few noses mm. out of joint yeah the, overall I'd say it, the provincial relationships with the IRFU is usually fractured at times but I don't think ultimately it's it's um, problematic to the point of being causing barriers to progress for the Irish team I don't know mm. it's quite frustrating and sad the way you talk about the trajectory of Carberry's career there from that AIL player who was his own man and well I don't I don't want to, to be to do him a disservice I I think he he has huge talent and it's still within him. It's just again, I I was I had talent when I was young and I had a lot of injuries too. And you do lose confidence and you do lose your way. And when you lose your way, you start listening to everyone's advice, and it's really the wrong thing to do. Yes, because what you've described almost is too many voices in his ear yeah. and too many. Influences. I mean, great voices with lots sure. of experience, but there is a time when you get too much advice. And sometimes when I'm watching him play, I'm saying, "Where's Joey?" that I remember in terms of identity as a player and his identity as a 10 is like Bowden Barrett but he's not playing that style he's not attacking the line he's not a threat enough as a first receiver and I go back to that Leinster um, debut against Montpellier and he beat 11 attackers one to one in the first half yeah 
He was un- unbelievable. Now that is a that is a legitimate way to play rugby as I a team. I was ten. just going to say, do you think maybe at the in the upper echelons there was a, a conversation almost like yes. this this running by people that's not going to cut it. Yes, I up. do, and obviously I've got a bit of history in that as as, as I I probably would have been viewed a, a player who didn't run the team well enough, and I would agree with that. But you can also have like Bowden Barrett played a way that was a threat as first receiver. Carter did it for years. Carter wasn't demonstrative when he played. He wasn't verbal. He wasn't an executive. He was just making really good calls and he did it quietly. There's different styles of 10. In Ireland at times, I think, where because Sexton is so, well, he's so talented, he's so influential that if he's doing so well, we want everyone then to look like him. I think Harvey got lost a and bit well, and it's And it's deeper than that because if you think and I've never had this thought before, but it's interesting the way you're talking there. If you think before Sexton there was O'Gara, what did we talk about with O'Gara? His game management. Exactly. So what were what was all the talk about Carby when he came through? We would say, we would literally, there's probably mm. tape of me saying it, things like, sure, he can beat 11 players. How's his game management? Yeah. And there's like this obsession with that aspect instead of almost it's getting certainly an I, I think it's an Irish thing and a Northern Hemisphere thing. If you look at, well, New Zealand and Australia, who fought f- five World Cups between them, they don't put the same emphasis around game management at 10. Right. They definitely don't. South Africa do a bit, but New Zealand and Australia, not so much in terms of those three World Cups. Stephen Donald played at out half for the team that won in 2011. <laughs> so, How do we get onto this? Don't know. <laughs> Enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's look, it's, it's, it's coffee, frolly, 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 frolly. Sorry, and, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, well, a final thought on all that. Okay, so the Emerging Ireland games, he plays three games. That's great. I'm still not all that comfortable with Frawley playing about four games at out half all season. Five, no, if we're looking. No, I, well, maybe they're hoping he's a good run down there and maybe it changes the mindset in, in Leinster and, or they, they negotiate a way to, to get him more games. So I, this is conjecture, obviously, on sure. my part, but. If they've designed that entire tour to give him more game time, I like it. I think it's a good <laughs> idea. Yeah, it's a lot of trouble to go to. Well, I, it's legit. Just NFL teams build franchises around a quarterback. Yeah, make signings around it. They're like make a tour to give the guy game time. Can we call this the Kieran Frawley Toyota, Toyota Cup. Tour? Yeah. yeah, no pressure, Kieran. Uh, one last question before we go. We've gone just over time. I know you watched the Munster game. You didn't see Connacht Ulster. We talked a lot about Connacht Ulster on uh, Monday's show. Anyway, so. The sense of uh, Munster's performance was a real lethargy and very poor when it came to the contact area. And that, that's surprising when you would think there'd be great enthusiasm under a um, new coaching ticket. Very curious to see, though, if you saw signs of what they're trying to do. I No, I don't. I think it can be mistaken for lethargy. I think, I think they have a very strong coaching group and I think they'll have very strong... Um, guidance for that team I think I you know the um, shows Gary Neville does what soccer box where he interviews one player about his career and they're watching a video yeah they're great the, I loved it I love it he did one with Tony Adams um, the great Arsenal captain and he was talking about defence Tony Adams said the best defence he played in Arsenal was the four worst players but with him Winterburn Dixon and Bold but he played with Viv Anderson when he started he played with Saul Campbell towards the end Ashley Cole on the left Lauren the African player here on the right they were better players than Winterburn Dixon Bold and Adams but those four 
knew how to defend. They were impenetrable because they spent time together on the field. And they, the nuances of defence is about understanding relationships over time. And you get a better defence. That Munster team looked like they'd never met, which they hadn't on yeah, a field yeah. defensively. So their three tries they leaked were god-awful, really, really awful defensive errors that they will tidy up in about three weeks. And I think things will start motoring nicely for them then. I think there's no need to be alarmist. I think a lot of stuff gets looked at as lethargic or attitude-wise. But no, I Tony Adams... Uh, the analogy for me works in a lot of sport it's a brilliant insight to how defences work you don't need talent you just need familiarity and consistency and they're lacking that defensively and I'd say that'll come with time OK we'll reconvene in a couple of weeks uh, our rugby coverage on Off the Ball is with Vodafone main sponsor of the Irish rugby team we all belong to the team of us Andy thank you very much it's been great to cover everything from the 2008 67-7 defeat at the hands of Scotland uh, Ireland A right great, through to great memory. the Arsenal back four so we've uh, we've done it all thanks so much good to see you again you too thanks Joe Wednesday Night Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone main sponsor of the Irish rugby team we all belong to the team of us